Welcome to Divine Downloads. I'm your host, Cassandra Bodzak, and this is the show where we show you how to bring a vision for your life into your reality. And today's guest is super special to me because when I first read her book, From Maiden to Mother, I literally felt like it ripped through me with soul resonance. I read it multiple times and I've recommended it to every woman in my life. It is all about our journey from our wounded maiden, our immature feminine into our our power and our mature feminine. And it is a journey that um, so many of us are on the precipice of right now. Um, and so many of our mothers didn't fully get to go on. So a lot of our wounding um, is generational and we really get a chance to break the chain. I cannot wait. This conversation is so juicy. Um, Sarah is just such a delight to talk to. Is just a wealth of wisdom. And a little bit about her before we dive in is that Sarah Durham Wilson midwives women from the wounded patriarchalized feminine across the bridge to the archetypal mother or the mature feminine. Before her service to the goddess, she was a rock journalist in New York City, beginning with an internship at Rolling Stone and culminating as an editor at Interview Magazine. You are not going to want to miss this interview, so without further ado, enjoy! Hello, Sarah. It is just such an honor to have you here on Divine Downloads. I really feel like, you know, one of the the visions that I have as like an author and a coach myself that I always see in my mind's eye is this like being like a Sherpa that's like holding a lantern going through like this cavernous mountainscape in the middle of the night (laughs) and um and I feel like you are like a living breathing example of that and the Mm -hmm. book from maiden to mother is this you know, this beautiful, it is, it's that Sherpa holding the lantern as you're going through the dark of the night. And it's just such a gift. Every woman should read it. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Thank you. I I have those same visions myself. I think a lot of us women who are here to guide other women out of patriarchy ourselves first are those lantern holders of that wisdom, that deep feminine wisdom that will guide us out of patriarchy itself. So holding up feminine wisdom is holding up the light, the lantern on the path, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Illuminating. In absolute darkness, my friend, in utter darkness. <laughs> absolute. If you have it, if anyone hasn't noticed, and I don't, I haven't done anything. I mean, I'm working on something right now, um, but I have not, I have just been in pure mourning. And I said yes to this invitation a while ago because of your, you know, the, the, the soul resonance, but I don't, you know, um, so it's so dark out there. We must be out be doing our deepest work right now. So a siphoning for the, the, uh, the, you know, the true, there are the depths of our gold we are here to offer. Right. And that, that takes darkness and quiet to hear. Okay. It's on curtains up rehearsals over what is my most medicinal medicine, the deepest, most sustainable medicine I actually have right now? Like taking all the bullshit away and all the, what's the depth of me from the womb when I, what I came to, to do here. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think 
you know, I've been, I'm sure you have, and I've been talking a lot in the women's groups that I hold space for about like, you know, as we navigate dealing with the barrage of just horrific um, news that we're seeing and what's going on in the world, you know, that it truly is a call for, like you said, it's a call for us to like go deeper within ourselves, right? A call for us to also really activate, you know, truly stepping into our mother, right? Truly stepping into, and for those of you listening, I want to just put this disclaimer out front. The mother isn't just if you've birthed a physical child, right? Actually, as we, I just want to get that at the, can you talk about what the just maiden versus mother is? Because I don't want anyone to be confused and feel like this doesn't apply to them if they don't have a physical baby. Sure. We're talking about the feminine life stages of life, right? The wheel of life and the feminine, the wheel of life in the earth um, and the feminine deeply align with each other. Think of the earth's spring. The spring dies into summer, the summer dies into fall, the fall dies into winter, and we begin again. You think of the child, then the maiden time. So the child time is really birth to, to, um, to, to menstruation. And so, sorry, the, the girl becomes the maiden. Sorry. No. Okay. No, no. Um, so, so the spring, t- so it's really like, if you break, what it's easier for me is to, because I didn't, so this is something that happened, that happened with my editor. She really wanted me to include that childlike time, but I just begin at maiden in springtime. That's when we are sort of in, induct, inducted, initiated by our blood. Um, our lineage into feminine wisdom at the time that we have our first bleed and that is the spring of the maiden and spring and maiden and you can also align that with the moon phases so we're talking springtime waxing moon phase and maiden time the beginnings life full of possibility the time of dreaming things into being the time of attracting things seeking who we are in the world trying on, trying to find our place in the world and you know under the sun trying to find our own garden that sort of thing right so it's a very a time of beginnings um and then w- w- come, a woman comes into her mother her summer and her full moon right it is the time of her greatest power um her greatest pollination her greatest um uh, power to control the tides think of humans 80 percent water or something to control the the to change the tides she has deep power in this time through her luminescence her 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 um her feminine power right and it's time when you think of the the bloom opening and the pollination that happens to really spread the, that you know nourishing elements of the deep primordial um, and very nourishing feminine. And then there is the fall. Uh, You can call that the empress, the sorceress. Um, Some people call it, um, Jane Hardwick Collings in Australia calls it boss witch time. I don't like boss anything. So, but you know, it's a very, it's an, it's a very magical time. As I like sorceress. Yes. (laughs) I go to my sorceress era. 
it's very sorceressy and it's and it's it's a very magical time it's when we begin to hold our blood and our magic and not give it away the reds and the golds of the trees speak to that blood we hold and that gold we hold as well as our wisdom right that we're still very ripe with and so that's fall time and that's the waning moon time where we're holding it more in for ourselves now which is incredibly powerful in an individual woman's life it begins the second act of her life when she's taking that energy back and that power back for herself and she's like actually I'm not going to give it to the world and I, I mean all the time and I'm not going to give it to just anyone who comes like in mother we have so much energy for everyone right the mother cares for the other that the word is built it's a marsupial world other fit word other fits like right into the pouch of mother yeah right and so Empress is in life. There's a real boundary there for our own, our own sake. And uh, we do become these wise women to protect, right? We must be protected with all this rich wisdom within, right? And there is a real, we don't think of uh, fem, a feminine hierarchy. Uh, we think of, you know, matriarchy, we think of uh, communal communality um, and circular roundtable wisdom, but there's a hierarchy within maiden, mother, sorceress, crone of, I have gone before you. I have, I don't, I speak a new language now. I know, I know more, I have died to that, which you are in an incarnation of. So there is a lineage, there's a hierarchy and a lineage of honor. Yeah. Right. That is held within my work. Right, we bow yeah. to our crones and our elders who hold this incredible wisdom like the great mother oak tree, right? Yeah. And protect her, right? Um, and so then comes crone, winter, the dark of the moon, right? And so you, it is one, it, to sum that one up and get back to your question, which is you were saying, you know, we're not talking about biological motherhood. We are, and, and, and there are, there's actually, there's actually the small word mother, a biological mother. It is one thing to be a mother and it is another thing to be in the archetype of big capital M mother, like great mother to herself yes. and others, right? Yeah. Very different. And the problem with patriarchal society is women become mothers, but stay in wounded maiden. So there is no there is no rite of passage and there is no skin shedding of the child. There is yes. only children having children creating this. And, and so many <laughs> of us, yeah, exactly. And so many of us came from mothers who- Patriarchal mothers. Didn't have, you know, that stayed in their wounded maiden. Yes. And also didn't have, you know, way showers for them, you know, in society to help them. And especially- you know, our generation of mothers, even more so than this generation of mothers with a little M, right? They really felt like the only, like, literally becoming a physical mother was the only way to, then you were in that next stage, right? But, not, right. but they didn't actually have anyone to consciously lead them to do this work. And so much of what becoming the mother is, um, was it was almost the antithesis of what patriarchal, like if we go like 1950s, kind of like housewives patriarchy, right? Where you 
really weren't standing in your own power at all. You know, Mm -hmm. you didn't really have any of those elements to support you. And I think I cried so much. I read your book. I read your book three times. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm, I'm, that's just how, like, I'm just a person that like when I absorb something, I just really want to absorb it. And I just, I like to be with it. And I cried really seeing how much my mother was in her wound and maiden and how so many of my wounds or whatnot really just came from her never really having that passage as well. And also a lot of compassion for her, right? Mm -hmm. Because I realized that, you know, she she wasn't exposed to the tools. She didn't, you know, figure it out or whatnot. Because this passage from maiden to mother is one, and please just correct me if I go off track or say anything wrong, because you're the expert here. But um, from maiden to mother is, it's an invitation that emerges at a point in our life. And it's really a choice that we have to step into, right? Yes and no. If we go back to the bodies of water theory and think about how when water is, I don't remember if this is in the book or not. I think it is that that water is meant to flow, which is to ceaselessly let go, right? Which is what we're doing when we're shedding skins and shedding I, I identities, right? I am no longer that I, <laughs> you know, like that yeah. happens a lot, especially as the shedding accelerates at midlife. So because the first half of life is accruing and grabbing identities, roles, wisdom, you know, love, loves and, and identity. It's gathering up an identity. And so the second and gathering a, a skin to live in. And the second act is one long shed toward the end, toward God, toward soul. Right. Yeah. But back to where we came from, we, we were born, we leave, we're born like the feminine, we leave the earth and we go, uh, but the feminine in the patriarchal culture, we leave the earth instead of descend and go in and out. Right. But by the second act of life in patriarchy, we are certainly headed back towards her, towards us, towards each other. And it's rapid. Yeah. Because it's the return of longing and reunion. Right. Yeah. So it's a, there's a real, it's an endless free fall, sort of. Um, I forget what I was saying about that, but the initiate, so, so, but without these rites of passage, without these mid, these midwives you were talking about that, that's why I say I am no longer mad at my mother, I am mad for my mother, you know, I am mad at her on her behalf that she was so muted and cut off from her power, severed from her sisters and her, you know, her magic and, you know, her, the goddess. Yeah. Right. That the goddess was so buried in her and the earth that she couldn't hear her. Right. And so, um, you know, deep compassion for, for, first of all, not only for the mother, we, for ourselves, for the mother, we didn't have, but, that's because of patriarchy that they they colonized our mothers into these sort of you know zombie like machines almost right uh, these pretty pleasing polite women who didn't know how to take a stand for themselves and that's all complete patriarchal design 
if you can't stand for yourself, how are you going to stand up for the planet? How are you going to stand up for anybody else? Of course. You don't have the tools. <laughs> right? So, and I, I always say, too, it's like if they weren't so terrified of how powerful we are, they wouldn't have to put so much effort into diminishing us, right? So it just, like, echoes all of the effort that the patriarchy puts in to try to, like, zombieify us, right? Yes. Um, in so many ways, in so many angles. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, so powerful that they had to be burned women, yeah. you know, I mean, and then we're taught to fear the women that were burned instead of the people who burned them. Burn them. Right. It's, it's kind of, it's make just, it I, make sense. That's boy math. That's boy math. <laughs> boy math. It really is. It's, it's absolutely nuts. Um, so the, so water is supposed to flow. Women like snakes are supposed to move through these initiations of life. The way the seasons move through their, okay, I'm out of my, I'm dying to my spring to become the, you know, the bud goes, I have to die. And she shatters and cries. And then the, and then the bloom bursts open and it's agony and anguish at once. Like life is ma'am. Okay. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, and, um, and and though so that's what a girl is meant to do in coming from maiden she's supposed to go bless like blessings to my youth to everything i learned but you know to all to all the seeking i got to do all the trying rolls on all the rehearsing rehearsing for my life you know yeah and now i and i am no longer the protected i am now a protector yeah i lose the mantle of helpless I've become the, the helper now, you know, like a real boom, death of maiden, boom, birth of mother. Instead, what happens is the, the, the feminine life is trying to flow and without the, the, the death and the midwife gets blocked at maiden. There is no passing maiden, no passing go in yeah. patriarchy, right? So she stays there as long as she can, but the water gets sick. So a woman will either come, she won't, she will medicate if she can abort this rebirth, like Maureen Murdoch talks about in a heroine's journey, she will try to avoid this because she does not have the tools to midwife herself to say that part of my life is over. I need to honor it with a real funeral and grief. And it will take thousands of funerals. It will not be one. The season of that, the of winter is upon my maiden. Yep. Absolutely. Right? Here's are the signs because the women before me are, are like, are the guides. Yeah. Here is how, you know, sister, when it's time to lay down and die. Yeah. We will come and attend to this right with you. You will not be alone. Right. But instead, the feminine just gets sick. So she comes with, uh, you know, deep depression, deep anxiety. Marion Woodman would say deep eating disorders of all sorts, you know, deep substance abuses, you know, um, because she's sick. She's sick from patriarchy. She can't move through this natural right that would keep her healthy and flowing flowing water is healthy. I teach my kid all the time. Can I drink this puddle? No, only water that's moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a great life skill. <laughs> yeah. But but it is, it's so true. It's like the, I've been doing right now, I'm like doing um, uh, one of my courses and we're talking about like abundance and career and kind of that evolution. And the same, what you were saying, like 
the flow and the river is like this metaphor I keep on coming back to. Like we're meant to, there's meant to be a flow in our life. There's meant to be an evolution. We're meant to like follow that. And it's like we're patriarchy, even in that, you know, sphere, one of the things I talk about is that it teaches that like, you know, you start a job after you graduate college and you should be in that same job for the rest of your life, which is like, like concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like not a flow at all, which is, and then you wonder again, same thing. You, why do you turn to substances? Why you're depressed? Why you're anxious? Right. And it's like, it's just not natural. Because part of you is begging to die and you're not attending to that part. So you're going to numb out the cries of that part going, please tend to this death within me. So we can tend to what is birthing. But first, always the death, right? We have to let it die. And so I want to talk about that moment of, I know in the book you talk about, and I feel like I've had many moments, so I'm like, this could be like a multiple moment thing. But, you know, I had a moment in my life that I, that kind of resonated with the moment you talk about when you're like coming out of the grocery store and your aunt calls you and it's like this, like, you know, for anyone who hasn't read the book yet, you know, Sarah's in the grocery store with her daughter grabbing some groceries. She doesn't have enough money to pay for everything she has. And it's like that moment of like having to put some stuff back and then bringing her groceries to the car and her aunt calls her and says, Hey, I know you have this really beautiful dream and it's a beautiful dream, but I think you need to get on welfare. Yeah. And, you know, and that was, you know, I had a moment like that where I was, you know, I moved to Los Angeles and I was struggling to get my business going and like figure out life in a new city. And I didn't have any of my like kind of old safeguards and stuff like that. And I was going into like, I was getting sick from anxiety. I, all this stuff like mystery sickness or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I finally went to this spiritual therapist, healer person or whatever. And she had me like yell at God. (laughs) And so I yelled at God and it was pretty much all my wounded maiden stuff coming out being like, why have you forsaken me? Why have you given up on me? Right. And, but look at you laughing now. Yeah, exactly. Now you're laughing now. I'm, I'm laughing now because in that moment, it, you know, in that moment, it was so effing real. It was like so effing real for me. And it was so much anguish and so much pain. But that, at, and at the time, I left that therapist being like, F this woman. Um, but afterwards, she literally looked at me and she was like, you need to just get your shit together. Like, what would you do right now if you had a kid? What, like, she literally just asked me that. She was like, what would you do if you had a kid? And I was like, well, you know, if I had a kid, then I would just I guess I'd have to like create this group program and I'd have to really push that and I have to do this, this, and this. And maybe if I really, that didn't work, maybe I'd get a part-time waitressing job just to make sure the bills were taken care of. Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, yeah, so start taking care of yourself. Like you're, yeah, like you have a kid because like you are the kid you need to take care of. <laughs> and yeah. I remember, you know, at first being like, I hate her. And yeah. then, and then, you know, that was one that was my like punch in the face moment. And I really like, you know, I cried on my like hour and a half drive home in LA in traffic. And, you know, you know, then effing got to work and was like, wow, no one is coming to save me. I got to work with the gifts you came to offer that you were sitting on, right? Or no? Yes. Yeah. 
it was it was gifts that I was already trying to put out in the world, I would say, you know, even like halfway already putting some stuff out in the world. Yeah. Um, but it was, but I think there was a part of me that was, you know, I think how you describe in the book and sometimes in patriarchal society, we expect like a, a man to come save us or, you know, well, like the, we're told to from a very young young time when we're sponges and you know one to seven is our sponge time as children it's when we take it in right we and so from that in patriarchy that begins with the with the small children the cinderella complex of if you are pretty and quiet and you wait in the tower someone will come save you if you, you know, those, those fairy tales, which are patriarchal indoctrination and patriarchal propaganda begin that we will be saved, just yeah. wait. And so it is, it is a patriarchal gate in our, in a patriarchal woman's head of like, I must wait here. I mean, and the interesting thing for me was that it wasn't even waiting for the man. Uh -huh. um, I think because of some things in my childhood, I didn't cling to that um, uh -huh. as an option for saving, but uh -huh. I really thought like God, universe, magic was going to save me, right? And and I think that's really what I, I was waiting not on. Not the co-creation, right? Yeah, exactly. Not, I didn't. Not the, not the tantric partnership of God and and artist. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's kind of what it looked like. Was at that point, you know. I realized in my like rantings to God that I really was like, you know, a petulant child being like, why have you forgotten about me? Why haven't you helped me out? And then when I really got quiet and listened to myself after that, it was because like, hey, I need you to meet me halfway. I, I've been sending you guidance. I've been sending you things to do. But like, you have to be the you know, the, the hands and the feet on earth and you've got to do your, I've always been very inclined to the magical, right? Yeah. Very like from a very early age, right? Like had my own coven when I was in third grade, <laughs> I've been very like into that, but what I was never into was earth <laughs> and right. was like actually doing the, you know, the not so fun sometimes like earthy work to be a good co-creator. And so for me, that was kind of what that spatula or not spatula like pan over the head kind of moment was <laughs> spatula um, would be nice right a spatula would be nice and delicate i probably got like 10 spatulas and kept ignoring them and so they're like bring out the big gun <laughs> and i know I like, okay so tell me about your tell me about your no, moment so i had a moment like that and you know i asked you why you were laughing because we get this spiritual amnesia, right? Because in that moment, you were like, I'm not going to survive. And part of you was not. Which part was that? Yeah, the the like little girl that was like thinking that like God daddy is going to make everything okay. So there is a real something that as midwives, we would say is like, this feels like I am dying. And in patriarchal culture, that's something that people are like, ignore it but in the spiritual world be like yes because it actually is right yeah. and so of course you as a terrified woman in 
patriarchal culture, uh, which is a terrified little girl, is going to put that death off as long as she can, right? We don't know how to do this. We're going to wait until the very gruesome end when a woman has to scream at me in a therapist appointment. No, she told me the truth, so I hate her right now. How dare she? I'm paying her to lie to me. Right? Or to give me some, like, spell to make it better. I'm paying her to save me. Yeah. You know, Um, which is to lie. Because a woman must give another woman the tools to save her own life. Is you save a maiden the moment, you only save a maiden the moment. You, you give a maiden the tools to save her life, she can save her life for the rest of her life. And absolutely. she will have to in the patriarchy. She will absolutely have to know how to do that on the regular. Absolutely. And every fight will be a fight for her life. Every fight will be the fight of her life. So at that time, we're laughing as sisters who know exactly what we're talking about. Frying pan, the wounded maiden's last hurrah, you know, all of that. Yeah. And, but at the time, that was the, the fight of your life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I thought I was going to lose it all. And I was like, am I going to have to, you know, fly home, live with my parents, you know, and I'm getting some like job that sucks my soul because I didn't, you know make it through and it was and I you're absolutely right because I've been through continual you know incarnation since then and every single time it feels like that and it feels like is the world gonna end as and and the truth is yes in a way the world is gonna end as I know it because you know, this quote that's been like literally just floating around me all the time is from Alice in Wonderland. I can't go back to yesterday. I was a different person then. Right. And it is kind of like that. And it's like, there's, you know, now that lesson and that therapist, you know, at different times, if I feel myself at all, kind of trying to go back into that, you know, that setting of being like, angels guide spirits like please do this (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um I hear that and I'm like okay like that's okay like you can invite them in and I like working with you know everything but you also get to show up you got to show up as equally at you know as equally and you got to be in that you know co-creation um but yeah it's funny it's funny no matter how many times you go through it there's more, I think, more now in my head that is like, it's okay, you know, we'll make it through another one, yes. you know? <laughs> um, well, yeah, you, you know, that's, the, there's millions gifts of maturity and one is that one of them is like, stop, breathe. Oh, I've been here before. I know that, okay, all right, hold up. You know, what did I, what did I do last time? Well, I felt like I was going to die. Check. Um, <laughs> you know, and then. You know, now there's voices that say, you know, they'll say things to you like, it can only get better after you surrender. And you'll be like, oh, surrender. Right? Yeah. It's just going to get worse the more you fight this. Okay. You're in pain again? Oh, we're depressed again? Oh, you know, like we're comfort eating again? What are we ignoring? What are we ignoring? Yeah, and it's time. To, I call it my slay and face. Oh, face and slay days. Ooh, face like it and that. slay it. Face it and slay it. Face it and slay it. It's just monotonous. 
but I didn't know, I didn't <laughs> even never know ending. how to do it. You know, I grew up in a household where, you know, anything would happen in life. My mother would crumble. We'd hide in bed, hysteria. And, you know, to have the capability through rites of passage to be a strong woman, a dangerous woman, an encourageable woman, a woman who's like unafraid of a fight for what's yes. right, like is just so, it's hard. It's like, I almost, I mean, I want to use the word it's like, as a woman, I find it incredibly sexy of myself, but like to, to, to model for my child of like, this women can face what comes, you know, yes. like, because yeah. and I use my own teachings, like, okay, when I'm in maiden, this is all happening to me, right? But when I'm in mother, I'm going to alchemize that. And it's all going to, what is now, what is now going to happen through me in response to what is happening to, to us. And, you know, and, and yeah. once that mother comes through, my daughter can rest so easily in maiden time knowing she's got this. I don't have to come to the front line unprepared. Like a lot of maidens who grow up with mothers and maiden who have to be their best friend and caretakers. I'm safe to play and learn the world through the world as pl like playing like a cub yeah. Yeah. with this wolf protecting the lair, keeping the patriarchy out. And then there will be a day when I will step up into that, but I'm watching now and that's yeah. resurrecting the lineage. Right. Yeah. And bringing in. Yeah. And it's so important. And it's also so important, you know, again, like I feel the same way having a, a 12 year old um, stepdaughter. Like, I feel like it's so important for me because mm -hmm. that was one of the things I remember being that age and like, desperate to try to find an example of a powerful yes. woman in the world yes. right or a, you know that was what my brain called at that time like a powerful woman right because I didn't see that at home and yeah. um and so just as being out in the world not only did you not see it at home sorry to interrupt you but did yes. you see it avidly in the culture all around you mature powerful women you know, no, obviously no, but what I did cling to, which is really interesting, like talking, I'm just putting this together in live time, um, as we talk about this journey is one of the things I clung to so hard with these e-true Hollywood stories um, yeah. <laughs> of how, you know, because these e-true Hollywood stories, which I, I don't even know if they do them anymore, but essentially it would be like someone that was successful, singer, celebrity, whatever, and they would talk about essentially their dark night of the soul, right? Yeah. So they would share about like this person overcame drug addiction or this person grew up without any money or this person had some illness, right? Yes. And they were able to move through that. And, you know, now looking back, I'm not sure that like some of those people were like the most amazing examples, but I, but in that time, it resonated with me so deeply that they had been through like great hardship and still alchemized it to like, using their gifts and talents in the world, right? Yes. And so I became obsessed with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... you were trying to track the rebirth cycle. You're trying to track the heroine's journey. You're like trying to track initiations and rebirth. Yeah, like I, we look for that 
and then we find the goddess or the feminine then it's like oh there it is what yes. i've been looking for my whole life yes yeah before so i want I, I want to talk about your journey because you have that moment and i feel like a lot of people listening might be in or around this moment um i know a lot of my listeners are either kind of in the beginning stages of doing their like soul centered work in the world, or they're kind of in that precipice time where it's like the pain is building from doing things that are no longer aligned. And it feels really like scary to take the leap. So can you talk us through what happened when you, you know, got that phone call from your aunt kind of had your own little frying pan moment? and then alchemize it into doing this beautiful work with women but what was like that journey from there to there looking like i think that because we're my my community and i are about to start another year-round uh cohort and we're just on zoom can't stand it but here we are (laughs) even the word i find so offensive i'm like i refuse to zoom at all (laughs) I move very slow, um, but um, we were just, you know, we were talking about the the underworld part of the container that we're about to teach, and that at a certain point, the death has to be over, right? Like a certain point, the maiden dying, and it is a phase, it's a winter, and that winter doesn't get to just last three months, y'all. I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. It lasts years. And the less tools you have, the longer it's going to take, especially if you're unconscious to what's happening. My goddess, like, I, if there's no, because, there, you know, there's no, yeah, anyway, so, as you know, so, um, so it's sort of like someone ringing a gong in the dark and going, you must start again, right? The dying is over. And, and in order for this beautiful dance of polarity in the world, like, there can only be so much night before day breaks again, you know, and even Toni Morrison talks about like, even at a time like this, there can only be so much crisis before joy has to rise again. And so it's like, there's a certain point where somebody has to go. What? We can get used to the dark, too used to the dark. Instead of being navigators, voyagers of it, What's down here for me to learn, unlearn, die to? Some of us can just lie down, lie back, go far too gently into that great night, right? And so maybe someone will come if I stay here just a little longer. Maybe will someone will see I, you know, maybe someone will come, right? God, yeah. spirit, whatever. And then somebody who loves you enough to say, get the fuck up right? And they're not going to be nice about it, or you wouldn't fucking hear it. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to tell you if they were nice. Nice has nothing to do with the truth. No. All right. Love is the truth. And you had to get up right then. And every great woman who has said enough, I am not enabling you in wounded maiden anymore. I'm not enabling you in your helplessness. I don't even believe in it right? You're wasting my and your time giving voice to it. No one is coming except you. And that is the very good news. Get on with the coming for you. 
get on with the getting up, right? And I never saw my mother get up. And seeing a mother get up, not only get up, but then what? Dance and fight for her life. That's what we all, that's what the maiden and you needed to see too. It's what the maiden and me always needs to see. It's what I show my child in times of conflict, crisis, right? That's who she's going, who does mom be now? Oh yeah. Right? And so in that moment, I had been in the underworld a very long time. And the best I can describe this is if you've seen Ghost with Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. I'm 44. So anyone, woman my age is like, stop asking me if I've seen it. I'm like, okay. But you know what? I'm giving the analogy of the, so it's the, um, so it's the, I've been down in the dark sculpting at something, you know, at the clay wheel, no Patrick, unfortunately, behind me, fully alone in the, you know, the grotesque time of the underworld, like you got nothing going on in the upper world except like bills and crisis. And your dad's always all down. <laughs> you know, it's winter up in your landscape, you know, it's all about what's happening at the root. Yeah. Right. And so down there in the dark, I had my eyes closed, but this is how I work as an artist. I was sculpting something. I had something in my hands. I was brewing something in my inner kitchen. And it was this work I was doing with Goddess Nana. Um, and it was something so departed from anything I'd done before. I mean, I was a, a, I taught on the witch and the wild woman and the priestess, but I had never, um, I, I, it was the beginning of, it was a brand new evolution for me and one of, and, you know, new in this sense, but going deeper back into the primordial to who I truly was, right? So it was um, a deeper memory of me. And that's just what's happening to us is we're just remembering deeper and deeper who we are as we resurrect the goddess within. And so it was this, it was this work I was doing with the goddess Anana, where she was teaching me through her rebirth journey that we could, this was how that she had laid the steps down for the eternal rebirth cycle of the feminine and that I could use this for my immaturity into the mature archetypal mother, I remembered as the feminine that these great gorgeous goddesses with these strong hands, strong bodies, strong hearts, you know, that, that led and loved and were wild and passionate and like had none of the sickness of the patriarchy, the ageism, the racism, the hierarchy, the hyper individuality in them. And I could, I could slowly move out of patriarchy and out of this way that I saw the collective as broken and sick um, and so and and do this first from maiden into mother but of course building the bridge that wasn't there Marion Woodman had only talked that there was immature that there was immature feminine and mature feminine she never talked about how to get there and that she told me at the time was my work to build that bridge. And so I had that deep down beneath me way in. And I remember sitting on that seat of a borrowed car, right? Had to, had to sell it, my own car. And, and I said, yes, I'll go on welfare. Like I totally give up too. full defeat. 
put the phone down, had my kid and was like, God has said, you know, you have something. You actually have something worth its weight in gold to offer this world. Um, and really when I went down into the depths, it was like, there was this cave that I was in, right? This dark cave. And I could see myself that she, that, that what I had been working on was ready enough because as women of the earth, we can't pull out our inner work before it's done. There's an inner timer that goes off when it's ripe, but we can't bring it out of the oven a second before it fails everyone. It has to be ready, like lay down, pregnant, birth it, right? Yeah. And, and so what that had done is that it was sort of this dangerous time of like, if the baby stayed in, in me any longer, I was going to die. And if the baby didn't get out in the, in the world, you know, I was going to die too, because I, this baby was going to save me, this archetypal child, this. And so I, um, but I, so I remember I put the phone down and I went into my body the way I do. Um, and I no longer apologize. I, I talk, I'm a renunciate of patriarchy. So I don't explain myself, apologize for mother tongue, mother vision, mother way of living. So I went into my body and I saw those words as a match struck. I saw a, a, you know, a thing of dynamite, sticks of dynamite, and it blew the cave open. And I had to emerge into the sun with this, holding this boon. And what else was going to do that? That's called striking a match, right? To get me out of there. Because I could stay in there and die too. It is terrifying to bring something like that to the world and go, here is this vulnerable, unseen thing that has lived inside of me. And now, you know, from the, and, and, you know, but the, the, the beauty of, and I do love a good story, and they're not all like that, was that I, I stayed up all night with a kid, with a brand new kid and a, <laughs> a C-section scar, brand new C and, and I banged out a very simple website. And within the end of the week, I had my rent and more. And, and that's people going, what the fuck is a Nana? What are you talking about? Made into mother, goddess, a Nana? What the fuck is this? I wasn't on to made into mother yet. I said, you know, the, the, the teachings of goddess Nana. And they were a hell of, they are a hell of, they're a hell of a teaching. Yeah. And, and at the time, no one was talking about Anana. No one knew who she was. And that was another thing I had to go first because the feminine always goes first. And, you know, that's how we bushwhack, that's how we firewalk and break the path open for others. So uh, I love that in so many ways because I feel like it combines one of the things I like to, I call it like practical magic, right? And that's mm -hmm. kind of one of the things that moved through me in that co-creation energy, right? Was that yeah. you have this magical moment, but then it translated into like really practical, I'm going to build a website, right? Yes. And so like both of those are important, <laughs> right? And right. having like, let that creative inspiration then take you into doing this very like earthly thing of like, okay, I got to like hang my shingle and let people know this is available. And yes. in that, in that moment. And I love how you said, because I think so many of us do doubt ourselves if we're presenting something that 
seems obscure, right? Or seems like it's not, you know, in the culture already, right? Like you're like, I want to teach about the goddess Anana, and this is not like the most popular flavor of the day in spiritual world or whatever, right? And in that moment, you put up your you put up your website. How did you what did you decide was your first offering? Was there like a thought into that or was it just really instinctual, most obvious? I mean, it was utterly intuitive. So I think of it as um, that moment when we're asked to birth something means we're asked to pull it from the the spiritual other side into the physical mother side of matter, right? Mata, mother, matter, real, earth, soil, body, you know, blood, sweat, tears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Money. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And so, um, money's not real they it's a concept it meant nothing to the great mother trust me but yeah but but the physical physical and so so what that takes is this mother energy so it's like yeah you have all these ideas and all these dreams and that is certainly the maiden she dreams it all up she makes all the plans she loves a great new beginning right it's the follow-through of the mother through that arduous middle or the underworld of pushing it through like you know so the dreamer dies to the doer in that moment of like it's a downward pushing imagine our ancestors squatting in birth because all the heady energy then moves through and we push this these ideas these dreams through to the other side and it takes labor yeah and staying with it does the maiden like the wounded maiden have that metal that strength for the middle hell no the hard part the blood sweat tears the and i'm doing this not knowing what's going to happen on the other side i have no guarantee that people are going to get this i know this was a soul call not a conference call but it's so nagging i have to get it out of my body i'm the only one that heard it but the goddess won't leave me alone until I do. And this is my only chance to eat next month, this month. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to, you know, and so the, and then the, you know, then the child comes out and what, if it's a spiritually integrous birth, right. Then what we, we must, but we might, we give to receive. And, and what that was, was it was literally called, I had been studying Anana she, for, a year I had taken it over a year off of work um, which is why I ended up selling so many things to survive as a new mother and I um it, it, it had boiled down to the teachings of Anana that's what I'd been studying and writing in my cave and she said you have everything you need here and I did and more and that I think I taught that like I must have taught that like 10 times before I started te- before it culminated into made the mother which culminated yeah. into the midlife work. So once the rites of passage began pulsing through me, I just kept evolving through them. And that's, yeah. I think I, I have two juicy questions for you. Well, I think they're <laughs> juicy. Um, well, one is like, so what happened? I love that you talked about like, kind of like the labor pains and staying with it, yeah. right? Because what happens, let's say someone's listening and they're like, okay, well, I feel like this is my thing. And like, if I do birth it, put up the website, hang my shingles, say I'm available for this, or I'm teaching this course or workshop or whatever it might be. And what if no one signs up or 
one person signs up or it isn't that initial kind of like kick through. Is that is that a call for perseverance? Is that a call for reflection on like you mentioned, like the integrity of my vision? And did I really push through exactly? What would you say in that moment? Always reflection, never push through. Push through yeah. is the conquistador dominator complex in us. Yeah. Right? There's wisdom here for me. I must retreat into my cave to listen and to hear. Because, and you know, if you were a student of my mind, that first time you offered something, we would always call it beta. We would say, this is just to learn how to do, you know, to you teach to get taught anyway. This is to get some students in so you can learn how to teach this. You don't wait in the wings for the full crowd and then come out your first time as a teacher. Yeah. I am a master teacher at 13 going on 14 years of doing this every day, right? With women um, and thousands and thousands of women. Okay. So, you know, are these students of mine who sometimes, you know, very cute wait in the wings for their huge audiences. I'm not get the fuck out there <laughs> the for fuck. no money. If you believe in it that much, get them in there. And then see, you know, show them you're worth it. Don't wait for them to wake up in the middle of the night being like, that girl's worth my money, even though I've never seen her do anything before. Ah, uh, yes. I love that. I love that. Because I think there's a real, there's some narratives that go on. Um, like the one you were talking about, magic is going to happen here, not blood, sweat, tears, plus magic. Absolutely. Magic in action. Yes, exactly. It's like the magic and then the practical and then the showing up. And, and also, you know, I I also I sing sing that tune a lot, too, because I think there's some people out there that teach like, well, you're worth a ton of money. So your first offer should be like $10,000. And it's like, no one here is debating your worth or the worth of your wisdom, right? Your wisdom is priceless. But I fully agree. Like my first, I think I charged 20 bucks for my first sessions. Right. And I just, and I did a few for free before that. I was anybody that would take me just to like practice and then you build up. And like you were saying with your, your journey, I feel the same way. It's like the more you teach, the more it evolves, the more you refine it, the more it becomes what it inevitably will be. But if you don't start somewhere with what you have with whoever you have, even if it's, two people like you got two people in your program who cares like slay it for those celebrate the fuck out of those (laughs) two people yes so you know that's the kind of thing nobody came well let's talk you know let's talk let's talk was this aligned and I find that you know in my business I've experienced when I come out with an offering and no one comes um and then I reflect most often it was because I was thinking more with, you know, what I would call my marketing mind than my heart. And I was yep. like, oh yeah, this is like the thing everybody wants instead of being like, okay, that is the thing that quote unquote, I think everybody wants, but it's not the thing I really feel called to teach. And so I was coming at it from that kind of, you know, not that empowered place, that place of lack or that marketing, which I think is, you know, a- another way like the, patriarchy is really like infiltrated even a lot of the uh, us with more soul-centered businesses is through marketing is through like this like very kind of 
masculine approach to it or or I don't know masculine patriarchal right it's kind of like you got to hit their pain points you got to make them feel like they need it you got to make them feel scarcity right um which I mean I, I haven't been involved in any of that in so long that that's just such an old script that it 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 shocks me to hear people are still doing it because yeah that's just like trauma trauma bonding and trauma fishing and yeah and even for a woman to be getting people to her by coming from her trauma just seems like where are we going with this this can't end up well no exactly (laughs) like this is going to end up I know I sometimes I watch it like reality tv where I'm like this is going to end in like a fiery pit somehow and I don't know with patriarchal (laughs) women they don't know rupture and repair they don't know no, no, it's going to end with ghosting. It's going to end with legal tactics. It's going to end, no. Yes, yes, exactly. It's so, completely transactional. It's non-anti-relational. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, there. when I started my business, I didn't know anybody else in this world and I had no template or whatnot. And that was such like the greatest gift because- yeah. I just had to do it on intuition. I just had to do it yes. on heart because I literally had no effing clue. And I was like, I don't know, this is what seems like the thing to do. So I'm going to do the thing because this is what I'm, I'm just writing what I feel like I should write here. And liberating. You know, it is, it is. And I think, you know, one of the things that at least in some of the women I work with that I have to really, I feel almost like bring them back to it because I feel like now there are so many, there's so much noise out there being like, this is the template. This is how you have to do it. And I'm like, no, 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 because it's, it's your soul. It's not like one template of how you do this, right? When it's like your soul's work. Yes. So, oh my God, so much. I could talk to you for literal. So if it's a calling, (laughs) it's going to come from in here. It's certainly not coming out from the wasteland of the patriarchy right now. It's going to come from in here. So every step of the way, that is what the calling will also tell you how she wants to bloom in the world. You know, so it. all I remember from B school, I was a dropout, but there was these marketing terms of red ocean and blue ocean, right? And a red ocean was full of sharks because there's so much competition that everybody's doing it the same and they're all in scarcity and they're they're cutthroats basically the ocean's full of blood you want to get to the blue ocean because it's you're you're just you in that individuated way your soul came to offer that there's no one else it's you in the blue ocean right yeah and and that was all I took from blue from b school the rest I have no idea and bless but you know what it's speaking to is that the soul will have such an individual and unique way of showing up and people are looking to be individuated who am I actually they're gonna want a woman who is her in her own unique um, individuation herself that is going to be wildly soul attracted the ego is going to go who's the who's the most popular among the popular girls that are all following a trend that's patriarchal social hierarchy and if they're looking for that that's uh you know i i think the women we're talking to is you know fuck the outside scripts we need your deeply intuitive primal from 
from the womb place, whether you have one or not, from the depth of us script, like the brand, the brand, uh, not new age, the old age one of remembrance of the great mother and the feminine. And so, yeah, I would highly suggest to anyone who's resonating with what we're talking about of like that it has things have to look a certain way is like really you need to spend more time with the best healer or coach you know who has been gathering all this wisdom for all these years but hasn't had the time for herself now's the time to be like my name is you know my name is Shanae and I am your marketing genius and let me I'm gonna you know and you have all these different archetypes you have an amazing marketer in there you have an amazing copywriter there are all these different hats you want to make you know and like there you you should not be paying money for anyone outside when all you need is the time to sit with your own right amen and <laughs> and also like we hear all of these it's so funny because we we hear all of these terms like niching right finding yeah. your niche right and it's like when you're honoring your personal calling like you're already niched like you're, you're it. because it's coming, it's just coming through you so uniquely that you don't have to, it, it doesn't have to be like a mental process. It's no. not a mental process. It's like, oh, this is the unique way I want to talk about this thing, teach about this thing, you know, that's coming through you. And, and so I think that, you know, it's a, I think it's a great clue to anyone that's out there that is feeling like their calling is feeling really general is, you know, uh, a kind of remembrance to be like, let's go back inside because if it's feeling too general, it's probably just influenced by everything yeah. else around you. And you're trying to fit what maybe is like the beginning gestation period of something coming inside of you into a box that you see someone else right. already in instead of just honoring because it's a hell of a lot more terrifying to birth the unique thing yes. <laughs> that's coming inside of you that you most likely and most of the experience in my life and I'm sure with you too is like you don't see too many if any people out there that's doing it in the unique way that you feel called to do it or with the unique whatever mm -hmm. you want to talk about it and then you're like fuck you know, like I'm really good. I'm like really, you know, naked and, and afraid in the dark or whatnot. So we could say, we could also call the terrifying vulnerability. And this trembling vulnerability is what the world needs. Like coming straight from that struck open place of like, hey guys, I'm scared. I'm human. I have a few tools to share at these, in these collective times. These are what I know. And this is what I have to offer right now. And I know that we all need to offer our medicine right now. And these are my unique tools in the way I offer. These are my tools in the way I offer them, right? Because I remember when I was starting out and people had kind of like ideas about who I, what I was going to be because my awakening was a really big Kundalini awakening. And I, it had a ripple effect around me. And um, there I was people were like, oh, you're going to be like a spiritual celebrity. And this was back when I was in the patriarchal paradigm. So I thought that like, I had to get famous or to be a success, you know? And I was like, and I was like, oh, like, like Lady Gaga or something. Like I was trying to understand what this man was saying to me. And then he was like, he was trying to explain to me. He was like, no, not Lady Gaga. You are Lady Gaga. Like who is, he's like, 
he, he said, you are Lady Gaga in the ways of like, you have that power that she has. All she did was tune in and turn it on. So who is Sarah Dern Wilson? Like mm. when she turns on what Gaga turned on, which is I'm going to go, I'm going to offer this thing. I didn't die. I'm going to offer this thing. I didn't die. I'm going to, she just, she just went first. But like, all it is, is a woman going, I'm going to say this. I didn't die. I'm going to say this way. I didn't die because the witch wound's real. Yeah. But every time we say something for, for ourselves, we break another chain for our sisters that are coming out. And I mean, about that patriarchal bud as beautiful, vulnerable, trembling flowers, you know, for life and our softness, our power. Yeah. And I love what you said, like, because so many... I've had so many clients over the years that will, they're so, they're like, okay, let me do all of these things before I say that yeah. first scary thing, right? And it's like, nothing will replace you just saying the scary thing and knowing yeah. you didn't die, right? No, and knowing you didn't die. Like the first, you know, in this modern world or whatever, the first time you go on Instagram and say, hey, I'm a witch and I, I love doing these rituals and I want to guide you through a, you know, a ritual today, right? You're going to literally yeah. feel like you're going to die. I remember. <laughs> right. I remember. And you're going to yeah. like brace yourself for it. And guess what? Yeah. You're not going to die. And it's yeah. like. Part it's, of you will though. The girl that was too scared to speak will integrate into yeah. your mother lap, you know? So. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's just such a you know, it's an important reminder because as important as all of this internal work and going in and, and going deep within us is, it also is important just like taking those steps, right? And putting yourself out there and allowing that vulnerability to shine through and then feeling that proof that yeah. you will survive it and you can survive it and you can go even further, but it takes that first step. And then once you take that first step, you can you that know, goes you back to the, the, the screaming therapist and the welfare call. You know, it's really hard. And sometimes the mother bird has to go behind you on the nest and be like, boom. Yeah, totally. Like, I'm dying. I'm flunking. <laughs> exactly. It is so true. And it's true. And I, you know, it took me, I I think I'm I'm generally not someone that is like too... I think sharp with my clients, but I have found, you know, over the years, the greatest gift I give is when I feel the call and I'm like, Oh, it's a tough love. Like this is like a tough yeah. love moment. And I'm just like, you got to wake up. Like this yeah. cannot go on any longer. You're like lingering in victimhood and you're ready to like get the F out yeah. right now. Yes. Those are like the, that those are the best gifts. I think we can also. Yes. To people. The gong. Wake the up. Gong. Darling. <laughs> the gong. Yeah. You got enough beauty, Russ. It's time to fight. It's yep. time. It's time. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, thank you so much, yeah. Sarah. I literally can, you know, talk to you forever because we barely, I wrote all these questions. Like, we barely scratched the surface because we just, like, we're flowing with what came through. In the flow. I, I trust the flow. Um, yeah. Can you share with everyone a little bit more about your offerings and where they can find them and all the links to everything you mentioned, I will put below so they can access them. Oh, okay. So we're starting a rites of passage. It's really, really special. It's a year, it's a year long rites of passage training with a community of 
14 teachers um, and, and me teaching you through the made into mother process, how to teach it as well, initiating you through and how to teach it. Um, we, have, we have women holding like free one-on-ones for people who need them. We have journaling sessions, tons of integration sessions. We have all new rights and archetypes uh, work, which is like the Mother Lover, which is a program I'm running about taking the patriarchy out of parenting. I'm sorry, the Mother Wolf taking the patriarchy out of parenting, Mother Lover resurrecting the lover and the mother, um, and the, the rite of passage with uh, Jane Hardwick Collins into Autumn Sorceress. Um, and the Rite of Passage into Crone with my mentor, Kamya O'Keefe. Um, we have incredible guest teachers on decolonization, community crisis, um, and climate crisis. I mean, community relations and climate crisis, sorry. Uh, so decolonizing our relationships and our communities uh, facing climate crisis together and as leaders um, and, um, and really, um, learning how to be in community as the mature feminine again, um, and a real heavy emphasis on decolonization, liberation, and Black feminism and Indigenous feminism. Yeah. So that's that. all at Sarah of Magdalene on Instagram. And you can just go to the link in my bio, or you can go to Sarah of Magdalene or the Mother Spirit, same website.com. And that starts November 13th on the new moon. Oh, perfect. Well, yeah. then I'll make sure I get this up very quick. Thank you. Um, so that anyone that wants you can join in. And I also just have to say, like, if you're listening to this podcast, please, for me, go <laughs> buy her book, listen to her book. Every woman needs to read and or, or listen, whichever way you want to enjoy the book, yeah. because there is not a single soul of us that couldn't benefit from what you talk to. And we we literally just scratched the surface in this conversation. Yeah. You really, you know, you heard her talk about um, Anana, and she really goes into that whole story and and walks you through with beautiful reflection exercises. So you're like actively participating in the book as well mm -hmm. as you go through. So, you know, if that's where you want to start, it's a super accessible place to start. And, yeah. and you will all just tremendously benefit from it. I can't sing its praises mm -hmm. enough. So thank you. Thank yeah, you so you much. Letting us drag them into the deep end of it. We like to do that. Like nymphs in the water. Come just to the edge. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You'll thank us later. You'll be <laughs> later. Right now you're screaming. Round first, then learn to swim. Then you'll thank us. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Bless God. You. No, Bless you. Thank you so much.